are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Sun Devil fans, for a Friday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. As always, thank you for making us your first lesson of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode of Locked On Sun Devils is also brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. On this Friday edition of the pod, we're going to be doing our normal breakdown of the upcoming football game for the ASU Sun Devils. Uh, In this case, for Oregon State, in the first segment, we're going to be talking about the offense as a whole, looking at their ability to pass the ball as well as run. We've talked earlier this week about their great running back, B.J. Baylor, and we're going to talk uh, mostly about what he brings to the offense as a whole. Then we're going to be talking about the defense as well, what Jaden Daniels and company have to go up against. And then finally, we're going to be going over uh, betting odds, bold predictions, and score predictions. Richie, last podcast of the week, last time for us to get our opinions in regarding the Sun Devils team before one of the biggest games of the season. Uh, they do have to essentially win out this year, uh, and Utah has to lose in order for them to win the Pac-12 South. Doesn't mean it's impossible, but Oregon State's not going to be an easy game. Not at all. So real quick, me and Connor do need to make an amendment. Uh, It was either yesterday or the day before we were talking about how if Utah loses to Oregon, Arizona State can retake the lead in the Pac-12 South, and that is incorrect. It turns out that Utah only has one loss in the in conference play they they actually have two out of conference losses i thought that they had two in conference losses so i i would say the the byu game should count as an in conference loss at this point but that would also give us another loss so it wouldn't help us whatsoever yeah exactly but so yeah just a quick little amendment um unfortunately me and connor are not the smartest people in the world we are not smart men we are very force gump like but Anyways, I'm good. Thanks for asking, Connor. Hey, man. How you doing? <laughs> Thank you for asking. I'm really good. I, I was getting to that. I, w- I, I had it clearly written on my hand that I was There's going to ask you. There's nothing there. Well, they don't have to know that. It, I'm letting them know. Well, what do you think about the Oregon State offense? I think the Oregon State offense is pretty darn solid, man. I mean, we talked yesterday about their running back, B.J. Baylor, how how dynamic he can be. On the ground, they have a pretty solid passing attack as well. It's not quite what it was at the beginning of the year, though. It feels like they have they've tailed off a little bit, putting which, that in quotation marks. Which is is pretty true for everyone. For some of the teams that had kind of started off really hot, like we had maybe through three, four, maybe even five games of the season, uh, there were several teams averaging close to like 40 points a game, give or take, right? Uh, and after they started playing like some of the, the well, we can just call it their conference games, right? Uh, now the leader in points scored is Utah at 35.7. Obviously still very respectable for an offense. Not quite 40-42 or something like that, playing against whoever they were before. So Oregon State, you're right, has tailed off a little bit. They do put up a ton of yards. A ton of yards. And it's a little odd, you would think, for the team that has the most yards per game. <laughs> Uh, in the Pac-12, albeit only by about three yards over USC. They're averaging 444. But generally, you would think that that team is probably getting most of those yards through the air just because of how efficient it is. But when we look at Oregon's ability, sorry, Oregon State's ability to pass the ball, 
It's a little under middle of the pack. They're only averaging about 215 yards through the air per game. Not, not nearly as impressive, but I, I think that speaks to how impressive their run game is because they are just so dominant on the ground, averaging 228 yards per game, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like, we think ASU is a great run team. It's, it's because they are, uh, but that they're averaging a whole 16 more yards per game more than ASU, and that includes a guy like Jaden Daniels who runs the ball as well. Yep. So, I mean, honestly, I think this could be, end up being a offensive shootout. I mean, me and you were kind of looking at over-under odds, uh, to, uh, the total score. Not, Yeah, that's your over-under. That I'm, I'm stupid. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm dude, not good at betting. Dude, so. the over-under this week, like, I, I, I sometimes have a, a, a difficult time, like, taking the over, especially on, like, stupid high scores. And without getting too much into that, because we'll touch on that in the third segment, the over and under this week is stupidly high, but generally, I think the odds makers are kind of in line with what you're thinking. I, I think that's they're, what they get paid the big bucks for, and, and they're probably thinking it's going to be a bit more of a shootout. I, I like our defense, but our defense has been vulnerable at times this year. Whether it's their fault or not, or Jaden Daniels and the offense kind of turning the ball over on their side of the field, especially in the last like four weeks or so, uh, people may be able to put up some points against this ASU team. So I, I think a shootout is somewhat expected but we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes you wouldn't almost think a shootout's going to happen though between two teams that really love to run the ball with Oregon uh, State running the ball at 228 yards per game on the ground ASU is coming in at fourth at just 212 so yes they are fourth in the conference but 212 yards per game on the ground is, is still stupid I, I'm not going to lie to you I'm surprised that we're not first but looking at this in front of me that's funny that you have almost half the Pac-12 Averages 200 rushing yards a game. Yeah, there's a there's a big drop off. So just for some more context, Oregon State and Oregon are at 228, 227. So literally right there with each other. Utah and ASU are at 214 and 212. UCLA is at 204. Big drop off to Cal at 159. So some teams that obviously really like to run the ball, and then other teams that don't care for it as much. And I mean, you get two of the top four teams going at it in cold weather football. We're going to be in for some classic smash mouth football. Which is not the shootout you would think of, right? Like, well, also what happens, like, if, if you really start stopping these running backs on the ground? What if B.J. Baylor is, let, let's just say contained, right? What if Rashad White is contained? Good luck with that. If, if they can hope and pray before the game to stop Rashad White. Like, now these quarterbacks have to pass the ball. That's what, again, we'll touch on this a little bit. It makes me a little bit iffy getting to that over-under. I. Like like we mentioned, we'll talk about that more once we cross that bridge. But it will be interesting because these teams aren't aren't necessarily the greatest passing offenses in the world. Arizona State coming in second to last in the Pac-12, and Oregon State was at 12, 11, 10, 9, eighth, eighth. So I mean, if if you somehow took away the run game for both these teams, which honestly, Connor, it's not going to happen, but if it did, big if, this is going to be a very weird, very weird game to watch. I know we were lower in the Pac-12 in terms of passing yards, clearly. I didn't know we were second to last low. I mean, obviously having games like last week where uh, Jaden Anders, what do you have, like 90 passing yards? He was 10 of 16, I want to say for like 90-ish passing yards. So obviously having a game or two like that, which at the beginning of the year, he had a couple games like that, or, or at least... A lot of low passing volume, so he didn't have the opportunity to throw for those yards. So I guess it's not terribly surprising to see us that low, but 
yeah, ASU clearly loves to run the ball, and so does Oregon State. So I wouldn't expect a ton out of either of these quarterbacks this week, but you just you got to appreciate what B.J. Baylor and Rashad White are going to bring to this game. Do you think our defense is going to be up to the task of stopping B.J. Baylor? Um, Here's the thing, man, is Washington didn't really have like a guy that we had to contain, and they still kind of looked pretty vulnerable. I mean, don't... Don't get me wrong, they they played pretty strong for the most part, but they could have been a lot better against a team that really didn't have a guy on offense. When we went up against Washington State, and they had a committee of guys like Calvin Jackson and Max Borgie and uh, running back McIntosh. McIntosh, I don't remember his first name, but yeah. And just when, when they had a stable of guys, they struggled even more. Go up against Utah and their quarterback, whose name is escaping me, was also dominating us. It just it feels like Arizona State has struggled to shut down one person. And I don't know if shutting down BJ Baylor is in the fold in the in, in the cards for these guys right now. They they need to find a way to contain him because they're not going to be able to stop him. Not even close. I BJ Baylor is going to get his yards. There's a reason that he is going to be second team all Pac-12 after Rashad White. We also got to remember Travis Dye in there, too. I, don't get me wrong. I love Travis Dye, but he can be uh, 13, Pac-12. True. So you're, you're totally right. Stopping B.J. Baylor is, is more of a containment kind of thing than truly trying to stop him. I had dropped a little nugget on yesterday's edition of the podcast uh, talking about three players to look out for. B.J. Baylor was number one on that list. In three of Oregon State's four losses, uh, B.J. Baylor is held under 100 yards on the game. So you can look at that from a perspective of the defense really held him in check, or maybe Oregon State got so far behind they had to pass the ball a little bit more and there was less opportunity. Either way, if you can stop them from handing the ball off to, to Baylor a ton, that's got to be the goal. So this Oregon State offense, I would say it, it definitely scares me, even if they're not as hot as they were to begin the season. If, if you're averaging the most yards per game, um, coming into this, it's not necessarily by accident. Looking at the points, they are third, uh, coming in at, at 34 points per game. Meanwhile, ASU is averaging 30.8. So Oregon State offense is is going to give the defense all they can really handle. Uh, ideally, we're just putting more of it back on, uh, was it Chase Nolan? Chance Nolan? I think it's Chance Nolan. That sounds right. The Either quarterback? Way. Yeah. Nolan, as long as they can put it more on his arm, I like our ability or at least our opportunity more to win this game. Those were just some of our thoughts and opinions on the offense. Now, what do we think of Oregon State's defense? Come back for the second segment. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. This episode of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where family and friends can come and reconnect. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. It's your favorite place to go on a long road trip when you need need a break to get out of the car, rest your legs, refuel, and get some good, tasty, affordable food in your stomach. Stopping at McDonald's after a big-time sporting event, also a great idea. Birthday parties, go to McDonald's. Honestly, you don't even really need an excuse to go get McDonald's because it's just quality and affordable food. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on Sun Devil's watch party? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba! I'm loving it. Welcome back for our second segment of a Friday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. 
We just spent the first segment talking about Oregon State's offense. Now let's take a look at their defense. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're just not nearly as impressive as their offensive unit. That doesn't mean they're bad. And if it comes back on Monday and for whatever reason, Oregon State's defense gave ASU fits, that's not going to be a very fun podcast. That being said, in terms of total yards allowed, Oregon State's looks like they're at about 7th overall out of 12 in terms of most yards giving up. ASU is actually number one in that category at 32, or sorry, 322.6. UCLA allows a pretty generous 66 more yards per game. So ASU should have the opportunity to be able to run the ball. Uh, in terms of total passing yards through the air, Oregon State is also pretty generous. Uh, they're coming in at third to last in, to- in terms of like 245 total yards. So if Jaden Daniels were to have a big game, it would be understandable in one in one sense, only because Oregon State is so vulnerable in that secondary. I don't think Jaden's going to get that opportunity, however. So I, I think ASU is going to make most of their uh, damage done on the ground. So uh, in terms of the running game, Oregon State's a little bit better, giving up 142 uh, rushing yards per game. So where do you want to attack Oregon State's going to be in their secondary? However, that is not ASU's strength. And I'm going to imagine they're going to run away from it. If Richard... Eh, run away. I see what you did there. I'm leaving this podcast and you can't convince me. Good. It's. It, it, I hope you leave my podcast. I'll be back Monday. Okay, cool. Um, I look forward to it. So, it, it, Rich, if I were to ask you, uh, quick over under, Jaden Daniels on 18 and a half pass attempts for this game. Attempts? Mm-hmm. Over. He had 16 last week. Over. Yeah, it was also like a weather game, so for for it to be that low, totally understandable. I, I think I would potentially take the over. I'm thinking about the line there, but like how much over, right? Like you've got to give the ball back to Rashad. Probably get the ball more to chip than even in Jaden Daniels' hands, you would think. You're not wrong, but again, it was a weather game last week. That's why they weren't throwing it as much. I wouldn't want to throw it much either if I have the stable of Rashad. Uh, uh, Rashad White and Jaden Daniels' legs and Chip Tranum and Daniel Nagata, I wouldn't want to throw it a lot either, especially without quality receivers out wide. Yeah, they just that's a no-brainer for me. Does it change your opinion at all knowing how vulnerable it is in the secondary for Oregon State? To a certain extent. like To me, that just brings me back to the let's take two or three deep shots yeah. and see if they work out. So, Andre Johnson, make sure your cleats are tied up because you're probably going – a few street routes down the down the sideline and down the middle of the field. That I mean, yeah. What was it? The game against Washington State or something like that, where they kind of went to him several times in a row, or maybe maybe it was against SC. I think it was USC. Uh, they connected once with Andre Johnson on a short uh, a ball that Jaden Daniels had thrown short, and then I think like even later that drive, if not the next drive, they kind of kept going back to him. So yeah, that that was USC. He had a he had a really solid catch i want to say it was down the sidelines and i'm not talking about rashad white yeah Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, um but e- either way uh, I, I would like to see Jaden daniels even if the volume's not up a ton I'd like to see him pass the ball a little bit downfield see if they can get anything cooking like obviously if he starts to turn the ball over like maybe you just give the ball back to rashad you you give the ball back to your running backs you keep it away from oregon state you just even though i i think as of right now i would say the the fan base for ASU, the overall thought on Jaden Daniels, opinions on him aren't overly great. That being said, he's still playing the most important position on your team. You got to give him a chance a little bit. So even if it's with his legs, you got to get Jaden Daniels involved for sure. Um, 
knowing that their secondary is as weak as it is, I'm willing to, I'm willing to take a shot on like Ricky Pearsall, making sure he can stay involved, uh, or even like Curtis Hodges, trying to find the, the weak spot of their secondary wherever that's at, um, and at least trying to keep it away from, uh, gosh, Avery. I literally just looked it up. Quincy Avery. Avery Roberts. Avery Roberts. Wow. Very, very close. <laughs> We're, uh, we got the Avery part right. As long as we can keep it away from uh, their studs, stud linebacker we talked about in yesterday's podcast. Where did I get Quincy from? Quincy, I have literally no idea. But anyways, uh, if you can keep it away from uh, uh, Quincy, wow, <laughs> Avery Roberts uh, on this defense, Jaden Daniels should have a pretty good game. If they start playing turnover ball again, regardless of who it is in the offense, then then yeah, control everything on the ground, get the ball through Rashad, and just try to play keep away from the Oregon State offense. Yeah, tell me if you've heard this one before. Whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win this game. No way! Yeah, fun fact. Whoever scores the most points will win. So obviously that's a, a much more, like, that. that is literally just a fact. The turnover battle is not always the indicator of who won the game. But that being said, if you're turning the ball over and giving teams extra possessions and taking away your scoring opportunities... Yes, of course, your your chances of winning go to, down significantly. So, uh, I, I just I want to see Jaden Daniels end this season on a high note. Like I understand we, you and I have personally gone back and forth of they've got to get Jaden Daniels the ability like to pass the ball down. We need to be able to pass the ball through the air. To ah, Jaden Daniels just doesn't have it. Let's run the ball. Like that is who they are. We're not saying that we we need more Jaden Daniels in terms of like thirty pass attempts per game. I think Jaden Daniels is coming back after this season. I want to see him end this year on a high note. It would be fun to do that at Corvallis on the road against a team that you absolutely need to win against. I think we all want to be able to see Jaden go out on top. And obviously, he's definitely coming back next year. There's no shot that he doesn't return to college, at least. I mean, for all we know, maybe he enters the transfer portal, depending on the Spencer Rattler situation. Because I can tell you that... If Rattler does come to Arizona State and gets immediate eligibility, if I'm Jaden, I leave. I wouldn't want to stay. So, But that's neither here nor there. That's a conversation for future episodes of the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. Focusing right now, this would be a statement win for Jaden Daniels' career as a Sun Devil. This is one he's got to have. And thankfully, this, this defense isn't anything over-the-top dominant outside of um, – eight. Avery Roberts? Uh, definitely Quincy Avery. I hate you so much. Yes, Avery Roberts. I can't believe you would do this to me on my own podcast. This is just unbelievable. But it, finding a way to be Avery Roberts and that defense is, isn't impossible. But it, it could be, it, seriously, it could be like a signature win for Jaden in his Arizona State career. And it could end up being something that really turns the corner for Arizona State because even if you went out, Connor, and even if you don't make it to the Pac-12 championship game, which means that you wouldn't have a shot at a Rose Bowl, you still have a shot at like a Holiday Bowl or an Alamo Bowl, something like that, like a big-name bowl game where you can take on a big-name team like in Oklahoma. It's not out of the realm of possibilities. Can I choose my opponent? No. Because it would not be Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm not afraid of Oklahoma. Have you seen us play this year? Have you seen them play? Neutral site, you're, you're taking us over Oklahoma. I didn't say that. I just said I'm not afraid of them. I'll give you a seven and a half point spread. I think we can cover that. We don't cover anything. Oh, that's true. Except Jack Jones covers. Who? Like, he covers like a third of the world or something. But 
anyways, that's that's our thoughts on Oregon State's defense. They are it is definitely possible to score against them. I, I really hope that to me, ASU cannot dig themselves into a hole like they did this last week against Washington. I think if they can if they can just essentially keep their head above water, they're not giving up some of those uh easy touchdowns early in the game and making that that second half uh lockdown defense adjustment that they've been making, I, I think they'll be fine. But uh, coming up for the third and final segment, we're going to be getting to the betting odds as well as our score predictions and bowl predictions. This is the Lockdown Thunderbolts podcast. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. This episode of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't had a Built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down, but a Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you swear that you'd be eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low in carb, low in calorie, low in fat, low in sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. Another great thing about Built Bar is there's so many mouth-watering flavors to include the likes of coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, and plenty of others. This month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days, so be sure to check their website often because you don't want to miss out. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back for our third and final segment of a Friday edition of the Locked on Sunnivals podcast. Now we're going to be talking to you about some betting odds for this game, as well as some bold predictions and score predictions. Starting with our friends over at betonline.ag, ASU is favorite at currently minus three for this game. Richie, is that line surprising to you at all? Is that where you thought it would be, more or less? So I would have thought, like, so minus three doesn't surprise me, but typically that's like the home field advantage minus three is who you give that to whoever's playing at home, or like the minus two and a half. So it's interesting to me that they're giving it to the Sun Devils. It's probably because, truth be told, the Sun Devils are the better football team. But, I mean, Oregon State has not been bad this year, and they're at home. And apparently the odds makers have no idea that when ASU goes to Corvallis, everything just goes right to hell. They beat them last year. I think, so yeah, they beat them last year. I think Rashad White had a pretty good game that game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I think they've actually beat them three of the last four. I don't think that's in Corvallis, though. I think that's just the last four games they've played. So ASU has had Oregon State's number as of late. Uh, but I, I know exactly where you're coming from. We've talked about it all season long. Historically, it feels like ASU going to Oregon State. Even when Oregon State was not nearly as good as what they've been this year, it just felt like a loss for whatever reason. It just... I, and here's the thing. I'll totally own up to this. I was not nearly as in touch with the season last year because of how inconsistent the games were and 
the team was just so frustrating to watch that I guess that totally slipped my mind. Just, and they are not frustrating to watch this year at all. Yeah, exactly. So full disclosure, that that would be my mistake not realizing. However, it just feels, Connor, like, yes, we have we've had their number more often than not. It feels like when it matters most, we don't show up. Like, think back to when Todd Graham had us on on the brink of the playoff. We were the sixth team in the country. They went up to Corvallis, and they didn't just lose. They got embarrassed. They didn't get off the bus. They did, Dude, it was a bad loss, and it knocked us out of playoff contention. And I will never forget that game. It, I, I remember exactly where I was. It, it was one of those sports moments for me. I remember exactly where I was when we lost that game. And it just, it it burns me to this day. And maybe maybe that's why I just have such harsh feelings about Corvallis, Oregon. But it just is what it is. Would it help you if Oregon State moved to another city? Yes, 100%. Okay, well, we'll, we'll start a petition. So ASU at minus three, are you taking them to cover that spread or no? Yes, I actually... So here's the funny thing. In my bold prediction, I do not, but I will take them to cover the spread. That seems like some inconsistency, Mr. Bradshaw. Well, you can call me Jaden Daniels then because I'm nice and inconsistent. Wow. Jaden, I love you. Yeah, I was like, wow, if you're listening, I guess you know who your favorite uh, co-host is. Uh, I am actually going to be taking Oregon State to cover the spread. I just... ASU feels like they, they can be predictable, and at the next moment, all of a sudden, they're not. So... Uh, I'll be taking Oregon State to cover in this case. Over-under, I kind of alluded to how how high this number was. Over-under is set at 59 for this game. Is that crazy? No, I don't think it is because ASU's defense as of late is giving up a lot of points. And we looked, Oregon State's defense isn't anything to really look twice at. I think that we could see a fairly high-scoring affair and as if, as if this wasn't already an intense game. Hashtag Pac-12 after dark. That's very true. I mean, over under can be so finicky. I, I don't. We didn't do the game against Washington last week only because we didn't have that edition of the podcast. Yes, just because we took the day off. Uh, but observe Veterans Day. Correct. Um, but you get a garbage time touchdown at the end of that game that all of a sudden gets you six more points, like towards the over under. So you just never know, like. Overall scoring, I think they're averaging 64 points between the two. Uh, you're totally right. ASU's defense has given up more points as of late. I, I think it's got more to do with the offense turning the ball over at a, a pretty high rate. Uh, but regardless, those are still points being scored on you nonetheless. And Oregon State's defense, we had kind of touched on, is not the most impressive in the Pac-12. Uh, and ha- you can definitely score on them. But that that number is just it's just so high. I think I'm going to take the under only because it's, just, it's such a hard number to get to. Both teams kind of have to be uh, firing on all cylinders to make that happen. Uh, but I, I think I will be sweating towards the end of that game for sure. I, we'll just wait and see. But I truly think, Connor, that this, this could end up being the Pac-12 after dark game of the year. So, I mean... Only if we win. Well, duh, obviously. But anyways... Okay, so with that, let's get into our bold predictions. Richie, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go ahead and go first since this is my podcast. Connor, I love you so much. I'm not, coming back when, I'm not coming back Monday. I'm coming back on Tuesday now. Okay. Do you think 
That does hurt my feelings. Please don't leave me. That was the goal. Okay, your first bold prediction. My first bold prediction. No running back whose name is not Rashad White will have more than five carries this week. Oh, I thought you meant for even both teams. I was like, wow, that's uh, that's impressive. For Arizona State, no. So, Chip Trianum, under five. Nagata, under five. I don't think any of them are getting more than five carries. That probably would have happened last week. I'm curious what would have happened if Chip Trainum didn't fumble again, because he had 28 yards, I think. Uh, but he was like three for 28, right? I, if I'm not thinking of the SC game. I think you're thinking of the SC game. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Because he didn't fumble last week. Okay. He fumbled against SC. So while you look that up, I'll go ahead and go with my first bowl prediction. Uh, I'm going to say Rashad White leads all skill position players in total yards. That includes wide receivers, running backs on both teams. So regardless of what teams are going to be able to do through the air, uh, Rashad White is, I think, going to be in for another big game. One, because it kind of has to be. That is the heart and soul of the Arizona State defense. So Chip had six carries for 20 yards last week. Okay. so But, I mean, that's that's right in the line. That's So for him to be under five is not totally out of the question. Um, at, at the same time, you got to give Rashad White a little bit of a, a break as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to to slam Chip by any means. As as people who have listened to this podcast know, I love Chip. He just needs to get his fumbling under control and be more consistent. But right now, it's the Rashad White show, starring Rashad White, guest starring the Arizona State Sun Devils offense and featured and featured guest Chip Trainum. But Speaking of Rashad White, my second bold prediction, he's going to have a hat trick, and he's going to have 150 total yards. Do you want to put a claim onto that? Is that going to be combined touchdowns, three specifically? Like three rushing, three receiving, just three total? Just three total. If you put a a weapon to my head, I would probably tell you three rushing. Wow. We do have a pool noodle. I mean, like... I need you to calm down. This is a PG podcast. I'll go ahead with my second bold prediction. Um, slandering Jaden Daniels just a little bit. I Sir? think he's, he's going to have a hundred or un, under 150 passing yards. I, I think... Gentleman's bet? Yeah, absolutely. You think he's going to have over? He's going to have 151. That would be over 150. So I, I just, uh, again, think this game is going to be a lot more on Rashad White and the ground game in general. Um, you would think with Oregon State's secondary being as vulnerable as it is, it's not the best bet to make, and I, I totally recognize that. If I lose, I'll come back on Monday. We will talk about that on the Monday edition of the podcast, and I will easily admit I was wrong. But uh, I think Jaden Daniels would kind of be held in check. Meanwhile, they're going to be trying to figure out how to stop Rashad White. So that gives you your third and final bowl prediction for the game, sir. Jack Jones is going to get his third interception of the season. I just I, I feel it. I feel it coming on. I want to predict Chase Lucas to get one every single week, and it just feels like it's not going to happen. So I look to the guy in the secondary who does have really good ball hawking skills, and I think that ends up being Jack Jones, and I think that that interception could end up being a very, very important one. Like we like we mentioned earlier, and I mean this, this is always a dumb statement, but whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win this game. I have a feeling that turnover is going to be a crucial momentum swing in that game. So... Jack Jones, crucial interception, when it matters most, third on the year. All right, so that gives me my third bowl prediction. Uh, Hang with me here. ASU's defense is going to hold the Oregon State Beavers under 175 total rushing yards. And you think, well, that's kind of a lot of rushing yards. Like, is that that crazy? 
They're averaging 228 on the year. So well, that's impossible. That is not impossible. They're going to do it this week. That gives them 50 yards under their average for the season. I think ASU's defense is going to come to play in this one uh, and really step up big time. So uh, holding B.J. Baylor and company to 175 or less, including their quarterback. So with that, let's get into our score predictions before we get out of here. because We are a little over time for today. Uh, score predictions for this game. Richie Bradshaw, I'll give it to you. So I got kind of a funny score. Like th- this isn't like something you would expect to see, but I got us. I got the Sun Devils winning 36-34. Is that some scoregami right there, maybe? No, not in college football. But you know what's funny is that actually did kind of cross my mind. Is like, hmm, this feels like scoregami. But no, um, I, just, I, I just have this feeling that we're going to get this win. I don't think it's going to be by a lot. If we win by more than, a, than one possession... I would be incredibly impressed. I think it ends up being a very close game. I think it ends up being a little more of a shootout than we realize and not a gunslinging shootout like we talked about earlier. Like This is going to be whoever runs the football better. And thankfully, I think it's us. Even though Oregon State's averaging more on the ground, I, I take our run game. I really do. Richie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise you here. I, you said ASU winning by two possessions would surprise you. I am not taking ASU to win by one possession. I'm taking Oregon State to win 31-27. So they're losing by negative possessions at this point. I, I Like you said, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm giving the edge to the home team here. Uh, do I think it would be totally odd for ASU to win this game? No. No, I don't. But both teams have kind of had their ups and downs this year. They actually both started off pretty hot, and then they kind of cooled off around the same time. So it feels like they're they're mirroring each other a little bit. Uh, I, I will take Oregon State to win, but this is a win-win situation for me. Either I win... Uh, what I'm predicting on this podcast, or I get to be wrong and they get to enjoy the Sun Devils uh, win this Saturday night. If if they uh, if the Sun Devils do win, we're we're bringing back the ice bucket challenge, and I'm just going to pour a big bucket of ice all over you for the audio portion of the podcast. No, we'll uh, we'll upload it online or something. We'll we'll, uh, we'll it'll Insta- be on the Twitter page, Instagram Live. It. Hey, hey uh, speaking of our, our Twitter page, oh, uh, where yeah. can you find us at? Well, you can find the. Uh, you can find the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils on Twitter. You can also find me and Connor on Twitter. Myself at RichieBrads36 and Connor at Cedrios. Also, the the podcast, you can find that absolutely anywhere you get your podcast, whether that's Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Odyssey. Wherever you get your podcast, Locked on Sun Devils is there Monday through Friday, giving you the absolute best Arizona State Sun Devils athletics content anywhere, anywhere in the whole wide world. Me and Connor. It, it's it's us and like nobody else and I mean like don't look that up because it's another really good podcast but it's definitely us not even close baby that's very true uh, so great week of podcasting for you guys uh, glad to do Monday through Friday especially including some basketball content for you uh, when we come back on Monday we're going to have two Sun Devils games to, to review we have uh, the game against San Diego State and then the game against uh, Oregon State as well so we'll be having a ton of content coming after those games uh, but now that you've listened to our, our podcast, make sure you listen to Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Make sure to keep it locked on here with the Locked On Sun Devils podcast.